0: Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I am joined by a gentleman named Jared Speed who is the founder of Limitless Float and Muscle Ape as well as being an armed response police officer. Now, I had a great time chatting with Jared. We were meant to speak very early on in the year, but then this little small pandemic happened. You guys may have heard about it, and uh, it kind of delayed things a little bit. Uh, We wanted to do it in person because he's quite local to where I live. So it was really cool to go meet him. I went over his house, and um, you may on the odd occasion hear some sort of weird like... sort of noise Uh, that is because there was a pug and a Frenchie asleep in the lounge in which it was in Jared's house in which we recorded the podcast Uh, for the most part the dogs were the dogs were completely fine for the whole time they were a lot of fun and they're very very cute but you can hear them snoring at certain parts I've managed to edit the majority of it out but there is a little bit in the background at certain points so if you're wondering what that peculiar noise is that's what it is anyway aside from all that jazz just a couple of quick bullet points of what me and jared speak about so the the main focal point of the first part of our conversation is about float labs and float tanks essentially jared founded a company called limitless float which myself and megan and a couple of our friends have been to and it's basically if you've ever listened to joe rogan or any other big podcaster in that regard who speaks about isolation tanks or sensory deprivation tanks or anything like that they're basically a pod that you go into and the lid closes and you're in salt water that's around your body temperature and you just float there and you feel a lot of nothingness. It, it sounds odd, but Jared explains it a lot better than I am now. This is just like the footnotes. But basically, he started that business, and that's one of the things that we speak about the most. And then about halfway through this part, we then speak about you know Jared's advice for new startups, social media. We speak about sports a little bit at the end, and that, that's generally what it is. But it's a really, really interesting chat, and Jared is a really, really cool guy that I'm definitely going to have on the podcast again. So we've already spoken about that. <laughs> so I'll definitely be having him on the podcast again, and any excuse to go see his awesome house and his adorable doggos is also an added bonus as always i've included um, links in the description to limitless float and muscle ape i believe in this part of the chat jared mentioned um, one of his the people who helped him with his designs called lind uh, they have a company i just added them in the show notes as well because jared said it was cool too so no worries there before the chat gets started, there will be a quick promo by the American Slacker podcast, who I've played their promos before, and they've played ours, so there we go. Uh, check them out, the links are in the description. They're a really, really cool podcast. If you like my show, you're almost certain going to like theirs. And that's just about it for me, guys. At the start, if it's your first time on the podcast, the chat will start shortly after uh, the promo and the intro music, and then I'll be back right at the end to tell you guys what's coming up in part two, what else you can expect from Genuine Chit Chat over the coming weeks, a little bit of information about my other podcasts Star Wars Comics and Canon, and a few other bits and pieces, kind of housekeeping stuff to keep this a bit short. So, yeah, thanks as always for listening, guys. Follow on the usual social media places at Genuine Chit Chat on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like, review, share with your friends. Do all the usual stuff anyway guys thanks as always for listening and i'll talk to all of you at the end hi i'm matt and i am jesse so like what is american slacker i guess right the highest amount of dick jokes per episode per podcast we've been on the air for 57 straight years. 57 straight years of dick jokes. Things constantly soaring over my head. you pulling my chain. in your weekly weird news. We're also cannabis friendly. We kind of sneak it in there, almost like you're lacing the brownies at the family reunion. It's a ride of your motherfucking life. Fucking 11, when there's only 10 on the dial. Weapons of mass destruction. It's a threat to society. Food assaults. Yeah, that happens too sometimes. An ostrich took a lit match into a fireworks factory. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. No, that's our third story. <laughs> oh my god. America, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So is someone dumb getting fucked over. Well, you know, they should have never gave raccoon sprites, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my god. You can help us. You can help everyone. Download our shit now. We're second America. We're Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I'm here today with Jared Speed. Jared, thank you so much for welcoming me into your house. It's delightful to meet you. If you want to just tell people one of the, the many things that you're involved with, if you just want to uh, give a little summary in things of what sort of stuff you get up to.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I'll probably like... I'd like to think of myself as a bit of an entrepreneur, I guess. Mm. I'm, I've got um, a couple of businesses, but my primary job is a armed response police officer. But I think, I don't know, the most important thing, I guess, is I'm a father to three girls mm. and I have a lovely girlfriend. <laughs> that's yeah. a very
0: nice, that's um, a very diplomatic answer. That's very yeah. sweet. <laughs> and no, I don't
1: know, that's that, that's probably my prod and joy is my
0: three girls. Yeah, that's very nice to hear, yeah hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent yeah and i think the, the way we kind of got speaking in things was actually i uh, went to a f- the float lab that you own essentially yeah and when well, you tell people the name of the float lab and what it generally does and then we can kind of go from there
1: yeah so i own uh, limitless float so it's a float center in southampton um we opened in october 2018 now which actually i I actually thought it was less time than that. I thought it was probably been open just over a year. Mm. But yeah, coming up for our two year anniversary. So that's amazing.
0: And cause I, the only time I, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, people like Joe Rogan speak yeah. about uh, isolation tanks slash float tanks quite a lot. And so I was always intrigued by them. And then two friends of mine actually uh, said to us, organize uh, going together. Um, and then there's a scheduling error between us. So they end up going separately. Yeah. Um, and, They're both into meditation. I am to a degree, but my partner Megan isn't, and that that was kind of like a talking point that went from there. But if you want to, obviously you're the expert. Uh, Uh, I I had had an incredible. (laughs) We'll see how well this goes. Um, I I loved being in a in a float tank, but if you just want to explain to people who aren't aware of what a float tank even is or what it's for, and then yeah, yeah. So there's there's two. I think there's a couple of facets to
1: it. So there's the. Mental side, so like, uh, whatever you want to call it, the spiritual side, the, the mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I'd call it, I'd, I'd go, let's say mindfulness.
0: That's what I say for meditation Is yeah. yeah,
1: so we get, we do get people that are, they're stressed or they're into mindfulness meditation, uh, sort of, there's branches off of that. So there's things like Wim Hof Method. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I know who Wim Hof is, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you've got all these different branches of like mindfulness, the spirit, I think then there's the physical side of it, which is why I actually, that's how I discovered it. So I'm a, a Joe Rogan fan. Yeah. Um Kept hearing about these float tanks, but weirdly I'd done, I didn't realize I'd been in a float tank quite a few years ago, stayed at a hotel in Wales hmm. and they had, uh, it was like a float pool, but you could literally fit eight people into these, like this float pool, but it was really shallow, but it was like, a Big open space, it was quite light considering what you'd be used to at my centre. Mm. And I had like these twinkly lights on the ceiling, but it was just really weird that you were in this water and floating. But I wasn't aware that it was specifically for that.
0: Oh, right. Um,
1: but it was quite weird. There were people getting in and out of it, you just laid there, mm. but I didn't quite realize this. So, was that in the UK? Yeah, so there was oh, this was, again quite a few years ago in Wales, but then, um. We were told, oh, yeah, you can't splash around. So just lower yourself gently in and you're floating the water. And I just wasn't aware of actually that that was specifically what I was doing, that mm. people were getting in and out. And I didn't actually stay there that long. So I thought, oh, this is a bit <laughs> boring. But then um, but it actually felt nice while I was in there. But where people were in and out and... Yeah
0: uh stuff like that there's no solidarity there's no like
1: no there wasn't there wasn't not not the sort of structure that's in place so fast forward a little bit I'm I'm listening to Joe Rogan he's talking about his float tanks and it's quite funny because a lot of the float centers that you'd visit in America they have like a questionnaire like so with ours uh one of the questions one of my staff might ask you is how did you hear about us Mm -hmm. so a lot of oh I googled you but a lot of float centers in America have an option of Joe Rogan. <laughs> so it, you know, so that is in one respect, it's, it's, it's brilliant for us because a lot of people hear about it, uh, through that. But yeah, no, mine was, I used to play rugby to a fairly high level, like county level. Oh, okay. Nice. Up until I was about 18. Hmm. Then I got involved in MMA.
0: Oh, nice. Um,
1: just, but train like training then in any sport, they really want the emphasis of really looking after yourself. So playing prop number eight in a pack, in the pack, really, I never played. I used to play outside centre for a while when I was like 15, 16, but then it was back in the pack. Hmm. Um, and depending on fitness was number eight or prop. But just my back was chewed up from that. Hmm. Um, then doing MMA, like the wrestling, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, it was, again, a lot of pressure on the back, finishing training sessions. And instead of taking that time to foam roller, to stretch, just sh- go, just go home. Right? Mm. And just, and then you sort of getting these niggles in your backs, but that's in your early twenties. Mm. And then fast forward to now, like <laughs> the last like 10 years, I've just had such a bad back mm. and it's it set off. But then um, i sort of rediscovered it by going to float works in London. But, by the time you've gone up to Vauxhall, where it was, you've done your float, you've then got to commute back to Southampton somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it just
1: completely undoes that de-stressing experience and Mm. sat in your car actually after a float. Yeah, your back's not as bad, but you're sort of kind of going back, sort Mm. of circling back onto square one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because like when I I did the float, um, when I came to Limitless Float, and I'll include links and stuff for anyone who's sort of in the the, the south england area cuz I can't recommend it enough whether or not you're into meditation mindfulness or anything it's there's an undeniable undeniable physical benefit to being in a in a float lab oh, a yeah. float chamber it's just you know just say shallow salt water you can choose to put the pod down at your place or keep it open like I closed mine and you just lay there with a few you know, things on and stuff so that the water exactly. doesn't go in your, your ears and etc and you just relax and I think The sessions are they standard in an hour? I can't remember. Yeah, so,
1: like, so just to explain to anyone who's who might have heard of a float pod or or hasn't, it looks like the egg that Mork arrived in in Mork and Mindy, (laughs) apart from it's got this like lid. So it's about it's about 1,100 litres of water, but it's a half a tonne, 500 kilos of uh pharmaceutical grade Epsom salt. Hmm which is all rich in magnesium. So that's what actually makes you buoyant in the water.
0: Mm.
1: Um, But also the benefits of Epsom salt is the way it lowers cortisol in the body. So cortisol being the stress hormone, Mm. but stress, you've got to think of what stress does to your muscles. So ask any sports person, they don't want to be stressed. They Mm. want to be as relaxed as they can. Um, But then it doesn't have to be your elite athlete. That's your person working in a call center for Ten hours a day, hunched over a a desk with a mic on their head, probably dealing with people they don't want to deal with. <laughs> they can that tense stress. Up and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, they can. They're gonna have a tense back, and you know, it's that's. It can be used for elite athletes, and it is. Um, a lot of NFL teams have mm. now adopted it, where they have them at their training facilities. Oh, nice! Uh, the UFC have opened up a huge UFC training facility in Shanghai. And they have the the tanks that I have the IsoPod. Oh, nice! But yeah. So I'm I, I'm no way affiliated with IsoPods. So I, <laughs> no. I don't get pl- I don't, I'm not I'm not getting anything for that plug. But um, so that you've got this magnesium-rich Epsom salt water that you float in, and you just use that time to
0: relax. But it's 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 unlike anything else. I've, no, there's I've had. there's nothing. It's it's one of those things. Almost a really layman's way of describing it is there's never a point where your some muscle isn't working, even if you're like laying on a bed, there's that degree yep. of, of, you know, something has to support you to some degree. Yep. When you're in the float lab, because you've got that water with the salt in it as well, and you are literally floating, all pressure anywhere is taken off. And I mean, I sleep on a memory for a mattress, which is, is nice, but that, it could, it's not even comparable. It's not even the same remotely it, thing. I mean, if you told
1: anyone, I don't care how comfy your bed is, if you said, right, go and lay on that bed, and don't move. You're going to adjust yourself mm-hmm. with a float, with a float tank. You, there's nothing to adjust. There's <laughs> nothing to. um I mean, you get some people who. One of the, like the complaints is, oh, my neck it aches, and I, it's probably because your spine has never been that neutral, for a good part of your work and adult life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why yeah. and. And it's not a bad thing, but then it's just, they're, they're so relaxed that, again, their neck muscles have completely relaxed. Mm, but yeah. then um, we do, I mean, there's different things. You can pop like a, a swimming pool, uh, pool noodle mm. under your knees. There's a halo float cushion. You can put that behind your head and that negates some of these things. So it, it's one of those things that it doesn't really, because uh, my... T-
0: that what, is amazing
1: my dog tap dancing across a wooden
0: floor but yeah and also the the, the water itself as well is um, it adjusts to your body temperature doesn't it so you well basically- no it's constant so
1: it's it's around about 36.4 degree mark and the air the ozone in there is the same temperature as the water so if you think about that you one of the things you'll find is and it's something I I'd, I'd definitely do in the tank is you sort of wiggle your fingers or your toes, thinking, "Where's the water? Oh, it's there."
0: Yeah, you lose and yourself.
1: You, you really lose yourself because you you can't tell the difference between the air and the water, and it really plays that trick on your mind. So, there's that sort of factor. But it's it's just such an odd experience because it is weightlessness, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. One of the I've well, I've had people email and say, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm 15 stone, well I think It doesn't matter. You can be as light as a feather away a ton it, it's not going to make any difference you're going to float and you get people that are negative buoyancy it doesn't matter you're going to float just because of the amount of salt in the water so yeah it's just it's just completely unique and for me finding that when i had my bad back i would never had anything like it that had made me relax that much mm. and i mean it gets to the point where i get in there i can go to sleep within five minutes yeah it's perfect for me
0: yeah, because sleeping in there as well is meant to be – like sleeping in the tank is almost like – if you sleep for like an hour in a tank, it's almost like sleeping several hours out of the tank, isn't it? So yeah, I mean,
1: the the, the prob- this this is the thing. We're, fl- we're floating. There's a lot of myths. Myths – they're not myths, but it's people do find that um, – so one of the things people will say is one hour in the tank is equivalent to four hours sleep. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, it's anecdotal because one of the things um, – that's not been done until recently floating did used to be seen as this real hippie trippy thing right through the seventies. And it's only, I would probably say the latter end of the nineties to now it's actually really being considered a serious mm. counter to the stress and everyday sort of well, life. You know, yeah. Life. But nowadays, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it, I, I, I would probably say people, And I'm guilty of this, but making your life more busy. I mean, if we're not on the phone, we're emailing someone. If we're not doing that, we're talking, we're zooming now with, and it's, there's this constant pressure Mm. of making yourself busy. And again, I'm one of those people, but it's, um, it's just that it it just, it just takes out of you. Like when you're in there and you know, it, it it does distort time. Like when I'm in there, I definitely film in there longer than an hour and I've actually got to the point where I'm not bored, but I'm like, have I set the timer right? Cause we set a time. And so for me, there's 10 minutes of music at the beginning. There's a big pause. There's this a silence and it's a soundproof pod. So, and a lot of people are aware. They're like, Oh my God, I heard my heartbeat. And it's, that can be quite reassuring for some people. I, I think it's, it's just, mm, yeah, it's, just a, it's just a nice experience. There's not, I think we're, we've, we're definitely to the point where well over 3,000 floats in. I, I think I could count on two hands with change the amount of people that have said it's not for me. Mm. I mean, and, and one of those, <laughs> I'd discount him completely because this, this guy had come in and he'd clearly been forced to go uh. by his, his wife and he's a, a, an older gentleman, but you could tell he's one of them people that, he was, he was just determined and he's, and he actually said, when we come in, we said, Oh, you know, um, you know, welcome. I'm not going to enjoy this, you know, I've been dragged along to do this. And I was like, Oh, I said, Well, maybe we'll change my, nope, absolutely not. This is, this is just not my cup of tea. Uh, yeah, and it's one of them people, you're not going to change his mind. And in two minutes in, literally before the mute, the 10 minute, he, 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 that's not for me. It's just, oh, it's just it's ridiculous.
0: Oh, I'm not, not going to lay there for an hour. Wow! And it's like you've, I
1: think he really outdone himself.
0: To, <laughs> you know, that's that's the kind of person who just really needs to go in there and
1: kind. Of- no, um, I, honestly, some of the people that that are sort of, oh, I got given this as a gift card. I'm not sure I'm going to like it. They they become avid floaters because. Those sort of people are so stressed. They're so uptight about whatever it, whatever it is, and they sort of come away. And Oh my god, I've never relaxed like that in my life. And mm. it's, and I like hearing that. And the thing is, it's actually nice when you hear that. And I mean, the amount of stories you could, I could tell you where people, it, it, and for some people, is literally life changing. Mm. And you know, there's there's customers. I mean, they're probably not going to mind me telling their story, but. Um, we, we have a, we work with Hampshire police federation and we've had people that have worked, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of dance around it a little bit, but have worked say in a field of work involving computers and involving, let's say children that, and Mm -hmm. who have had really, really awful experiences and things I would never want to wish upon my worst enemy. Mm, Yeah. And it's actually helped them massively. Okay, for, you know, and it's and again, just those stories, just that actually makes me think, wow, this was really a worthwhile business to sort of yeah, I get mean, into
0: it, it's an incredible venture that you've gone. I think you're one of the the people at the forefront because I think this is going to be one of those things where in ten years or even twenty years we're going to look back and be like where were, where have these been for the last yeah. century almost yeah, because, absolutely. and it, one of the things that when I went in there I, I'd already because I heard of you know Rogan similar to uh, yourself and I'd heard him speak about it I was really excited for it uh, but my partner Megan she um, she doesn't do meditation I'm trying to slowly change that but you know you can't force it you've got to kind of just drop a few hints and leave it for a while yeah. Um well, but, we'll see. yeah exactly she's got a three month subscription to Calm I think that she got for free with her phone yeah. upgrade or something which is nice um, yeah. but I I personally do mindfulness, which is basically just breathing. You know, I do the most simple, just steady, slow inhale through the nose and then exhale exhale through the mouth. And that's just, I do that most days for five to 10 minutes. And I often do it if I can't sleep as well, because it helps, you know, lower the uh, heart rate and all sorts of other things. And she was a bit skeptical before going in. She didn't close the pod when she went in. Uh, She kept it open, which is obviously completely fine. I went in there, closed it. I was like, I'm I'm in in 100%. But she came out saying very, very similar things to what I said. She thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, she felt incredibly relaxed. And afterwards, um, we sat in the car and we sat in the car and we just spoke for a bit. And we were just like, it feels like the connective tissue that connects. So like your back muscles to the, your spine itself. Yeah, You can't feel it normally that much. But once you've done the float tank, you come in and you can, everything is more enhanced, but everything feels so much lighter. It feels like you've had a full body mus- massage from like a ghost it's almost because <laughs> a lot of massages that I've had because me and Megan have had several massages before together and it's like you know have a really nice massage but it's got that that pleasure and the pain it's like oh you're getting a knot out oh that feels good but it hurt a little bit Where well
1: that's that? something I also do. I'm a sports masseuse so, well that's it
0: that yeah, would and if i was a clever man i'd say that was a good segue but yeah <laughs> that's just me <laughs> rambling on remembering about the well speak about that we'll say that with the float lab i'd say it's like a massage without any of the pain or anything but going into sort of one of your other many ventures then your sports uh, massage and other things what's the what's that all about is that muscle ape yeah so another
1: company on own is uh, muscle ape and that um yeah, that that's just it's a it's boot camps, it's personal training, and now sports massage. So mm. I've sort of added those. Yeah, um, added the sports massage on about a year ago now, just over. Yeah, but yeah, no, that having that is a perfect. Sorry, going back to the float is that is the perfect description. So when I went to Floatworks and had a proper float there, the the way I described it to people, it was like having the best night's sleep I'd ever had a full body sports massage as in I'd been ironed out Mm. by the strongest (laughs) hands going but also the most relaxed I'd felt afterwards as well and that was just the combination I just never had been relaxed and even um so one of the owners of um floatworks uh Tim who's also the owner of isopod so I went and met him afterwards and I was didn't feel real just my legs just felt relaxed my knee I I was very aware of where I'd had pain but I was very aware of how relaxed everything was as well Mm. and just walking just probably like 50 meters from the float center to meet it and it was just I just felt come out incredible and I just I knew then I thought like Southampton needs to have this Mm -hmm. there's nothing down this way there's um the nearest ones are in Brighton um Pangbourne near Reading Mm. um they're the nearest ones and I thought there's nothing here so it was a little bit of a mainly a a business side of things thinking well this is going to be incredible Mm -hmm. for Southampton to have it but just it it needed it down (laughs) there
0: Oh, yeah. And Southampton is one of those uh, cities which it's a huge city. Like the, for anyone who, there's a lot of listeners who aren't from Southampton, fortunately. Yeah. Um, it has about 230,000 people there, thereabouts. Yeah. In, Cause the, the city limits, depending on where you put them is that's very a bit, but around 200,000 people in a city. And it's one of only two cities in the UK that is a city because of its size. Cause a town becomes a city with a cathedral. That's and right. Yeah. Plymouth and Southampton are the only two that don't have cathedrals just because the population is so massive. And Southampton is it's one of those weird ones where it's it's on the up and up in a lot of odd ways at different times like we had mm. west key and then the other west keys were meant to happen which are shopping center things and then they didn't happen for ages and now i've got watermark and there's yeah. lots of little areas which are building up and things and i think where the location of um limitless flow is right near the bridge and where like there's so many buses and things like that which are all uh, which are all right near it as well it's a perfect place to for anyone in Southampton to get to. And also because of Southampton's current infrastructure and a lot of the other up and up parts and there's two universities and colleges and all kinds of other things. There's so many people there that you, it's, it's one of the perfect places to get to, to start a business in a lot of ways, you know, it's one of the best places.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it it's quite weird because it's, I mean, it's probably the same of any high street you're looking at now, but it's just so weird because you have got a lot of, Like, if you go to Portswood, for example, I think that's one of the best examples of seeing that entrepreneurial spirit of small businesses open Mm. up because you've got a load of good, you've got quite a few good bars down there. You're seeing all these like foodie places, it's a real foodie area now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Seven Bone, like, Mm. massive success story. And I love, and I love seeing things like that, and seeing sprinkles.
0: I was going to say sprinkles, um, yeah.
1: And they're everywhere now. Mm. Like then they're, they're, they're spreading out, and I think I think it's great. When you see that, that's really good. Yeah. And I love seeing it, but then there's there's this weird disconnect because then you go to the high street, and you're seeing these massive units like that had big shops in, and Debenhams is closed down now, and the Bargate Quarter was meant to be connecting the main part of town to... Debenhams, and you're seeing all these shops that are shut and I just think uh, it's this again, it's it's, it's heartbreaking really because you, you you think landlords would be like, well, let me just rent it to anyone. Yeah. And because they're owned by big, these big pension hedge funds, they don't have to rent it out and they can actually write off against their
0: mm.
1: you know, their losses for the year. And they're not that bothered. They're not that bothered about dropping the rent. Whereas if they actually gave people that chance and the same with the, the council rates and stuff because, you know, and for anyone who obviously doesn't know, you don't just pay your rent, you've got your council tax, which is the council yeah. rates and they can be extortionate and that can really, really hammer, especially when you start a startup business. That can just kill your cash flow, just the, this big sum of money you've got to stump up. Mm-hmm. Like my first venture was, um, of my own business was a, a gym up Shirley, it was a MMA gym, okay. seven and a half thousand square feet, which is a big, big space, and um, I was getting stung for a thousand pounds a month in council rates. Yeah, and the place had just been empty for years before, and you see all these empty units, and you think that there'd be some sort of. I don't know. They could really ignite small businesses if they didn't hammer them like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It isn't one of those things where you're starting up a business as hard enough as it is and you'd think that they would want to try and, and help give people a hand in some way, you know, just to kind of help bolster things. But I mean, you know, Southampton City Council, I'm, almost everyone I know who lives here has got some not so diplomatic words <laughs> about them. Yeah. If I, you frame it in that regard. Again, I'll just
1: think if if... Uh, Like with this whole COVID thing that's Mm. happened. So, um, and I I know a lot of people that are in the same boat with the float center. We were in a really rocky patch where the, I won't say who our landlord is. (laughs) Put it this way. It's a big multinational company, Mm. very faceless. And you're asking the people there look, can we have a reduction in rent or are you going to freeze it? What are you going to, how are you going to help me? And they're like, well, no, we've got to collect it. And it's like, well, you can strangle, all these businesses short-term for the rent or, you know, you you work with us and it's because it's owned by, again, it's just, it's just something on the loss sheet. Oh, well. Mm, And it's, and I don't know, it's just that thing of that they'd rather cash grab in the short term than think long term. Mm. And I think some people maybe have been lucky. I know certain people that own their own businesses um, have been let off, Rent, you know, well, let's just get through this. Yeah. But, you know, some places, like the place that I rent off, happens where we are in the business part, owned by a big multinational, and they're just not really that bothered. If a tiny little business like mine goes out of business, they just don't care.
0: No, instead of it being like a reasonable way of doing it, like a human way of doing it, like I would if I had that kind of, uh, you know, uh, real estate empire of being like, oh, let's, okay, COVID's hit, right? Let's give everyone a 50% reduction on rent because... We, nowhere's open for months so it's yeah. just like give everyone a 50% reduction on rent but then maybe next year you can even argue look we gave you that 50% rent how about your instead of leasing for the next year you lease for the next 18 months to guarantee yeah, there you go. that mm. sort of if there was that back and forth you'd be a bit more inclined to be okay with certain things but, and they can make it work for the long run if they, were, if they just cut a bit off the top now and saved it in a sense just be like look we're not going to make as much as we want but if we reduced our the amount we get in, but keep people happy. For yeah. a longer period of time, we're going to have a more steady income because yeah. certain businesses would go out. So as you say, with the bigger empty lots, well, no one's paying council tax or rent or anything like that on them at all. So you've just got these dead zones. Yeah. Whereas if they were just a bit more reasonable, yeah, for a year or so, maybe you wouldn't have had so much money coming in. But then if you help a business survive for another 10, those extra nine years, more than make up for it.
1: Well, this is again, like, um I mean, there's clever ways. Of, there are things you can do. So like, um initially so say like you were starting up your own business um and someone was thinking i want to do this but the rent is x y or z you can go to the landlord and there's something called step rent you can mm. do so you can turn around and say right i'll pay 25 percent of what you're actually asking for but i want to sign i'll sign a longer lease and as time goes on you can up it to the price you want but at like so at a 10-year lease, you mm. can say, right, by year four, we'll hit what you want. I see. But then by year four, you're going to know where your business is anyway. So your business, are either gonna, you're going to be out of business and mm. shut your business down. But at least you, you, you haven't got an empty property. Mm. But again, it's it's one of those things. I can moan about that all day. So,
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Well, yeah. I have interest. Like, um, have you, apart from uh, Muscle Ape and then Limitless Flow, obviously you've got your um, job in the police force as well. Have you had many prior business ventures as in that you tried yeah so I owned a, a gym it was obviously
1: the f- MMA gym an MMA yep. gym so it's, it's still there it's called Exile Gym in Shirley
0: oh I think I've seen that actually
1: yeah so it's above the Sainsbury's there so it's a big old place yeah, and, yeah. Um, I started that in 2011 so um, started that by myself had a few it was more of a friends and family chipping in helping me get that off the ground but then the business model needed to change brought some other guys in and it was uh, you know it is one of those things I'd never run a business before but I know I needed to do it I know I'd always wanted to own a gym mm-hmm. and thought yeah that's a great way of doing it but didn't really know a lot about business so didn't know anything about accountancy didn't know about marketing didn't know about like anything it was mm-hmm. just a case of right uh, field of dreams so if I build it they will come so yeah and it did it did, in the end it did work out, and it was very profitable and then you know um not not a disagreement, but I just the guys that were in that you know I'd brought in as business partners, they wanted to run it a different way to how I wanted to run it, so mm-hmm. I just said to them, you know, like sold my shares to them, yeah, and you know they I think it's all you know they're ticking along nicely, so mm-hmm. um but I learned a lot, and one of the you know one of the things i again. Probably, if it was advice I'd give, is if you're ever going into business with people, you you literally have to write a a solid. This is how we're going. This is the direction we're going to take. That you really discuss everything. Mm-hmm. If you need to change anything, and it wasn't really done like that. So it's it. So something I've been adamant with Muscle Ape and Limitless is that um, I run Limitless with my girlfriend. Muscle Apes, my own company. I sort of do my own thing with that it's just best to own them by yourself. Mm. Yeah. Business, unless you have got someone who's literally on board with everything you want to do. It's, you know, if, if you've got conflicting ideas, literally you'll just watch it pull mm-hmm. itself apart. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, in, this is obviously not one well, in a way that I understand what you mean to some degree, not from such a uh, weighted gravity with, you know, finances and things, but as an example with what I'm doing now with the podcasting and things, I used to do a, a YouTube thing with my friend Reese, who's, the person who's on the 100th episode, and he's one of my closest friends in the world. And we did a YouTube thing, I don't know, about a year or so. We would just put on a camera and be, say silly things, talk about the news, you know, that sort of jazz. And they were just, after a certain amount of time, eventually I wanted to do it more frequently, and he didn't want to do it less frequently, which is completely fine. You know, we were 17, 18 at the time and starting to get girlfriends and all these sorts of, you know, other distractions. Um, not college work that we should have been focusing on, but all other distractions. Yeah. And, what happened was, eventually, I couldn't do it by myself, but because of the way I'd made it, it had to be with him, and he wasn't as fussed about doing it anymore, and then it just kind of died, in a sense. I don't yeah. have anything against Reese at all for that, because we just did it for fun and things, but obviously, when, you start, when we started it, we're like, yeah, we'll do this for ages, and it'll be loads of fun, but after a year or so, you don't know what's going to happen, and if you... If you don't strictly put those rules in place or if you don't do it yourself, then things can change. And I know so many podcasters, uh, in some of the podcasting communities I'm in, or even just yeah. Facebook groups of, you know, hundreds of hundreds of people in the things, they go, Oh, my co-host isn't in it anymore. They don't want to do it. I've had to put the podcast on pause. Does anyone want to do the hosting with me? Or and it becomes this thing of a lot of the time when I was kind of figuring out my next venture after I did the YouTube thing and I did music videos for bands for a while, which is so satisfying when you release it, but the editing a music video is so boring <laughs> um very fun when you've released it but yeah not fun to do and so i was trying to work out what i want to do creatively and for about two years i had this drought of cre- i was just not really doing anything creative i was just consuming media content and <laughs> getting overweight and so eventually i kind of thought oh i'll do something whatever and i'd end up doing podcasting and i i i really am glad that i didn't have someone else on board for that because yeah. I can do this however much I want to do it. I don't have to listen to anyone else. And this is just a, you know, this is just a hobby of mine that's fun. Maybe one day I'll make money, but at the moment it's just a passion project that I enjoy. And even with something like that, I'm so glad I don't have a partner. I've, I've got Megan who's she will occasionally co-hosts with me and she'll give me her opinion on things but I have complete control yeah. and so when I want to do what I want to do I can and that in a business must be in in a lot of ways either as you say invaluable because if you do it yourself you know even if someone else who's with you didn't see your vision if you're certain of it you can pursue and do it or someone who's completely on the right page so Even from my perspective of someone who hasn't had any financial burden or such a huge thing like a business, I can see how that is applicable to something like podcasting. So building up to a business, that must be...
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like I said, that first business, Exile Gym, it was a massive learning curve. There were so many things. I I, I was winging it. I was, you know, this... Yeah, I, I I literally should have... Something. something, This is definitely something that I've learned along the way. If you can delegate something Mm. to someone who specialises in that, so for example, if you're not, if you don't realise how tax returns and bank accounts and bookkeeping works, don't try and do it yourself. (laughs) Get pay an accountant, and and it might actually you might think, oh, you know, that's really going to hurt my cash flow. I can't afford it. Mm. You can't afford not to have it. Mm. And if if you think you know, putting together some clip art on Microsoft Word, which is what I used to do yeah. for my gym to make leaflets and posters. But you don't want to fork out, you know, like, I mean, there's, um, I'm probably going to, can, can, can you give shout outs? Yeah, I'm you pro- can do what you
0: can so shout There's, out there's a want.
1: lovely girl um, I know called Lynn's Designs House. And she has recently just done my, uh, I've just done a leaflet campaign for Muscle Ape because we're expanding our boot camp. And she's going to be doing a corporate brochure for Limitless because we're going to approach companies and try and appeal mm. to their wellness. That's a very good challenge. HR co- coordinators. I'm g- we're going to pay her to do that. My girlfriend's really, actually really good at design. But I can tell you now, <laughs> with the two young kids I've got, they're three and two, mm. you're probably not going to get a night to yourself where you can get a clear run. Like, you might need a week where you're designing stuff designing stuff different. You know, we, we can't guarantee it. So you outsource it to people like Lindsay who's done all that. Mm. You pay your accountant to keep all your books in order so that you're not getting that red letter food from the tax and actually you've done this wrong. Here's your fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because your fine will actually may <laughs> outweigh <laughs> what you've definitely paid your accountant. And then you've, you know, if you've got someone, we've got a, a girl uh, called Alicia who does all our marketing for Limitless. Mm. Um, again, another plug. So mirror digital, but that, again, that, Gemma did all that before she did the social media but it's where it's constant Mm. it's time consuming and it's stressful because (laughs) you've got to get that content out but we outsource that and it is an expense but I don't have to go to bed worrying. oh god I haven't put out a post so I do it for myself with muscle ape but then muscle ape's a small community of people and I'm not looking to get the whole of the South Coast to come to muscle because one, I couldn't, don't have the capacity. <laughs> um, and it's not, it's not a business that needs that model. Of course. Whereas Limitless has got a lot of slots that need to be filled with people. So we need to appeal to wider base, but on, we don't go to bed stressing about our media content because that's taken care of. We don't worry about the accountancy side of it. That's taken care of. And that's my accountant, Charlie. This is this sounding like a big advert. This is. I <laughs> promise. Well, they're not on commission, but obviously they uh, um, Yeah, so our accountant, Charlie, takes care of all of that. And uh, that is something that has been the biggest landing curve, is outsource it. And it actually pays to pay these people. Even mm. if you think you can't afford it, you can't afford not to have them. Mm. So there's that. But there's some people that obviously love creative control and they actually want to do those things. Yeah. But it's just something that Gemma was really good at doing that but it's just it's just so stressful with her work and with the children for both of us it's Mm. just hard to do some of these things
0: yeah I totally understand that I mean I was I was actually saying earlier on today to Megan I was like I'm contemplating seeing how much it would cost to get someone to do the the, uh, social media just for genuine chit chat Um, because although I don't make any money off it uh, yeah it's starting it's growing and growing and I'm hopefully going to at some point, maybe get a patreon and there's yeah. various income streams, and I've know some people who said they would give me money for it, and obviously, podcasting cost me ten pound a month to have a, a website and a podcast host, which isn't much at all. but I was thinking like if I just invested even if it's another ten twenty quid a month, and then I'd have to do any social media because I love podcasting, I love this, I love meeting new people and hearing mm. things that people are passionate about and learning things and editing it I do all my own editing I do all my own graphic design I write out everything and I'm fine with all of that because you know I can edit it the way I kind of want to and I can type up you know show notes or whatever however I want but social media posts you know for the first I've been at it for three years now the first year yeah it was fine because I was like yeah I'm excited the second year I was like yeah I'm still doing it and now I'm just like oh I just yeah, it's, it's so because one of those things where I've the last couple of weeks on Genuine Chit Chat it's been a bit dry for posting not because I haven't had content but it's because sitting there and thinking I've got to make write a post that's vaguely interesting it's got to have the right hashtags it's got to have the right this got to have the right that I've got a lot of notes on my phone I've got the hashtags done or whatever but it's just posting on Twitter then Facebook then you know all the different aspects you can post on trying to do it vaguely each day trying to have varied content because you want people to follow you for the business slash the podcast you want people to follow you if they're just interested in what you have to say there's lots of different elements depending on what business or what media you're promoting as to how frequently you want to post and what you want to post and I don't want my podcast social media to just be about the podcast I, I used to do movie reviews I used to do t-shirt Tuesdays and lots of other things and it's just because I hate social media just you know posting on it primarily so much now that has taken her back. And I now need to you know, make the concerted effort to either push it forward or potentially get someone in to, to do it. Well, I think on my
1: phone, my, my, my social media is called shitshow media. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. If I if I didn't have to have it for a business set, for, from a business point of view, I really wouldn't be on it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's good. It, it, it's connected us a lot more. So there's people that, you know, your friends you met at, on holiday when you were eight. Oh, wow. Well, what are you up to? I get to see your post photos. But it's, it, it's also like, it, it, to me, it's become this like big dividing thing as well, because Karen, mm-hmm. who, you the know, who, Karen. Who, who just, she used to have a chat, you know, with her mates about her opinion on this, that or the others now got a soapbox. Yeah. Where she's got a captive audience of, you know, whoever's friend over the years, six, 900 people. doesn't matter. Telling you something she might not actually have any real knowledge about, but let me spout my ignorance. Yep. And you, you think, Christ, where did this come from? And it's and it's and it that it becomes this, like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> like the, the world's going off a cliff. And it, I
0: know exactly what you mean. It, it, I I said before, like like Twitter, I only got for the podcast. I never had a Twitter before that. Instagram, I had, I would occasionally post, occasionally, but this was. Yeah, as I said, like three, four years ago now. Um, so I was more in my early 20s, which I would like to use an excuse, but it's probably not one. And then I can't stand Facebook, but it's like Facebook's where all of the podcasting groups are. So I'm in about mm. 10 of them and it's qu- it's good to get collaborations and meet with people, blah. And then Instagram's where I do most of my posting. And then Twitter's where I've got, I'm in a group chat with other podcasters, I, where my other right. podcast is. Yeah, and we, we have an actual nice chat. It's really cool chatting with them and there's like 10 of us in there. It's really cool. But the actual actually going on I don't really scroll through social media anymore I don't I don't really look because when I'm, I'm quite a busy person because I've got the two podcasts and everything else and obviously you're a very busy individual as well and it's very easy just to get stuck sat somewhere and uh, on your phone and I've done it's kind of gross but I've done it on the toilet sat on the loo scrolling through oh, yeah, and I then do you finish, do that. and then you're like Wait a minute, I've been sat on it for like 10 minutes. Yeah,
1: how have I wasted half an hour of my life? Exactly.
0: The the worst is straight after a shower. Like if no one's in the house, straight after the shower, sit on the edge of the bed with the towel on and then you're just scrolling. You're not looking for anything. You're barely even reading anything. You're just kind of aimlessly scrolling. And then as you say, half an hour has gone past and you're like, great, now I have half an hour less time of fun things to do and I've wasted it by doing nothing. (laughs) Well, here's a question. Have you ever gone down the Pinterest rabbit hole? I've not gone down the Pinterest rabbit hole. I've gone down oh,
1: many um, other rabbit holes. Unbelievable. <laughs> if, if you want to see a vortex of time worse, well, I might say, well, I don't mean worse, I mean, <laughs> more intense than a float tank, go on Pinterest. Like, um, I think I'd, for some reason I had Pinterest. I think I'd, I mean, well, I'm guessing Pinterest people know what that is, but essentially it's like a hobby and it's like a hobby sort of center. Like if you if yeah. you've got something you're really interested in, oh my god you can waste so much time you know if one minute i'm looking up tips on how to do my archery better next minute i'm getting a recipe for bacon monkey bread you know it's <laughs> this this crazy little vortex of like you know like and before you know it you're creating boards and you know if, if you've got something like uh like i've got and it's like um like a gardening one you've got to keep that secret you don't want anyone (laughs) knowing you're a secret green fit, you know but it's yeah it's just it's that i find that it's really i think it's one of those things that is actually really constructive because you can you can get a lot for me like recipes for christmas like Mm. for, for making cool things for making cool cocktails you can go on there and find it. And you're like, wow. And you just keep going. And then suddenly, you, you know, you become a mixologist by the end of <laughs> looking and, and you're like, wow. And you can really show off. But then, <laughs> but then to me, like I would find scrolling through Facebook for half an hour. just like, Oh God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, like,
0: it can be certain things. It's like YouTube is a very good one for like rabbit holes, isn't it? Because you could go on YouTube and you could spend half an hour watching documentary esque things, which are all really interesting. Add some sort of value to your life. And you know, my girlfriend's on Pinterest quite a lot because she loves she loves cooking and she also loves yeah. terrariums. She's really yeah. gotten into terrariums recently, so she's been getting ideas and she's starting to make them and things and sell them and stuff and give them to family members. So she's really into it. Um, and it's, it's one of those things with social media is there is always the good and the bad in moderation, but it is. You know, people who go on Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter, they're the main people I'm trying to actually almost advertise to. So I'm 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 trying to advertise to these people while I don't necessarily go on there very much anymore. And it's this weird thing, 'cause I used to I used to go on social media quite a lot. Um partially probably because of my age, but I used to go on social media a lot and all my friends were on it and blah blah blah. And suddenly over time, people post less and less and then there should be less content but there's not instead it just kind of mixes with loads of other things as well and then now i don't post on social media to post anything unless it's to do with my podcast yeah and so it, it is it's a weird tool social media which i it, it's good and it's bad in many ways but it, it's such a it's such a mixed bag and it's so easy to get sucked in yeah. it's so easy um I, I want to ask actually interesting have you obviously you said that you did rugby when you were younger and things and MMA and lots of other things have you always been into fitness and then sort of stuff? dragged into it like, I'll tell you why I, I'm I think I didn't really do
1: anything and then when I was about six my it seemed I've got this I've got a, um, my dad who I, I want to say unfortunately but we don't have a good relationship but he's always been one of them people it would, it very blunt. And it, I think he just said one day, it must've been about six, we went right. You cut you start on jujitsu next week. And I'll, Oh wow. What's that? And I'd already, I was watching Bruce Lee films by this mm, point. Cause yeah. I used to love old Chinese films. And I mean, terrible ones <laughs> you would never have heard, heard of like Ninja versus Shaolin, <laughs> all these things from the sixties. And, and Well, all right, I'm doing jujitsu. And I was quite a chubby kid. I, mm-hmm. I was, put it this way. I was never told no, you know, for going oh, into the biscuit tin.
0: That was me, except I'm I, still that fact. <laughs> but it's, I'm uh, the same. <laughs>
1: um, it's a thin veneer of slipping into obesity, but I've, I've got, um, yeah, so I started doing jujitsu and I don't remember, and this is the weird thing. I don't ever remember being given a choice. Like, oh, you enjoying it? Mm. Do you, you want to go? You're going. No, like, no. Oh, okay. So I did it. And um I did that from when I was six till I was about 18 or 19.
0: Okay.
1: Um But, did that. And then when I was eight, right, you're doing rugby next on a Sunday. Oh, okay. So I'm doing rugby now. And I remember the first time I ever played that, just use all your weight and just run, just run through them. Mm. Okay. And I did that. And I remember scoring a try, like being really little and just thinking, oh, I must be really good at this if I've just scored a goal. No, yeah. no, it's a try. Oh, okay. I'll do that. So, so now I'm playing rugby. So I did that. And I just... I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't... Like now, I just think with my daughter... She, I mean, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. Um, she does gymnastics, but she's she's given all the time. I ask, are you enjoying it? Do you like it? Hmm. I was never asked those questions. It was just, you're going. Yeah. And so I was, you know, forced but enjoyed it. Went to jiu I was forced to go, but ended up really enjoying it playing rugby. Um, and then I think... Throughout, I'm never any good at football. Hmm. Like if the ball rolls it's just, I'm gonna hoof. It's, there's there's no kicking it with what part you foot. like. And I think that's what. And that's the thing. I, I really don't like football, hmm. but purely because I'm not any good at it. And if I'm, if I'm not any good at it, if there's a like put it this way, if there's a computer game, everyone can rave about it. Like football, you can rave about it all you want. Am I any good at it? No, I'm not interested because it's not because there's no participation from it. I can appreciate. When I see footballers, like you see like Messi and when you used to watch Beckham and mm. Ronaldo, all these people are like in World Cups when you're seeing the best of the best. I can appreciate the skill, the game like itself, because again, I've got no stake in it. I can't play it. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs>
0: i'm not interested in football don't worry i'm not offending a a football fan oh good i'm not i'm I'm I'm, i wouldn't i'm not much of a sports fan but not i'm against any of the sports in any way I, i appreciate all of them and i get why people watch them it's just never been anything that's really grabbed me and that's the end of part one thanks as always for tuning in guys as always part two will be out next week at the usual time and just for little bits and pieces of information uh, in part two the discussion that we kind of ended with about sports continues we then speak about mine and jared's overweight youth as well as health and lifestyle in general uh, we speak about our mutual coffee love and general coffee connoisseurs the gym community customer service the stigmas of being wrong which still exist and a lot of people still can't accept that they have been that they are wrong and some way and apologizing things like that me and jared speak about that quite a bit talk about ideas political discourse and then right at the end of part two we then talk about jared's attempt at the goodness book of world records so next year he'll be involved in something i'm sure he'll be coming on the podcast again to talk about all that but that's the sort of thing you can expect from part two clarify everything is in the description guys uh, including what's coming up in part two as well as the website to limitless float and also to muscle ape and they're also on social media as well so be sure you go check those out limitless float social media is really interesting just because you get to see some of the pods and there's other stuff posted as well that isn't specifically pod related yeah go check them out then anyway, coming up in the next few weeks, obviously next week is going to be part two of my chat with Jared Speed. I think the week after that, I am likely to release the episode I've done with Goff of Beer Nuts Productions. That will be his fourth time on Genuine Chit Chat, and it was, as always, a delight to have him on. Uh, and then I've got the two-parter recorded with Scott Weatherly of the Twentieth Century Geek Podcast. So you need to go, you know, make sure you keep subscribed because that's a really cool, big, nerdy chat about sci-fi crossovers and special effects and all kinds of other jazz as well. I need to have him on again soon actually because we needed to talk about hp lovecraft and just didn't (laughs) that was the plan to talk about hp lovecraft but we never actually did so i'm gonna have to have him on again just to try and talk about the one thing we were meant to talk about before um but anyway it was an absolutely fantastic chat so make sure you say subscribe to that as well um, i've got a few other recordings that i'm kind of going to get done before christmas and all that sort of jazz so there isn't any holes in it uh, but i'm just trying not to overwork myself in all honesty i'm trying to get an even balance there um, but that's really what you can look forward to over the next few weeks um, i want to say if you can't get enough of my voice many who say is annoying some who say is great for the radio my dad did always say i had a face for the radio so we'll see about that but if you do want to hear more from me in other ways as well i was recently on the latest episode of comics and motions tv and movies uh, which is once a week they release an episode about tv and movies that have had comic adaptations and things and we tackled scott pilgrim versus the world it is myself the host of comics in motion dave horrocks and instead of his usual co-host chris phelps it was instead tony farina whose name i speak about in almost every one of these podcasts for a number of reasons um but yeah if you want to hear us talk about scott pilgrim we all have slightly different opinions on it make sure you check that out it is found on the same feed as star wars comics in canon is and it is just called comics in motion the logo is nice big red and white so it's quite hard to miss also on the feed of comics in motion there was the second episode of comics on trial which came out on the 20th of september myself and scott weatherly of 20th century geek as i mentioned has got an upcoming episode with me uh, as well as the judge paul Um, he is from the superheroes for dummies podcast which can also be found on the feed of comics in motion and basically on comics on trial i was defending star wars the phantom menace against scott weatherly who is the prosecutor it was a lot of fun talking about star wars the phantom menace and me trying to defend some arguably undefendable things in that film but it was a lot of fun and it's a new show on the comics in motion feed uh tony farina did um with dave horrocks and chris phelps of comics in motion they did hulk 2003 which in my opinion is one of the worst films ever but they did a comics on trial of that a few weeks prior and that is a really really good listen as well tony doesn't brilliant job of trying to defend hulk so that was really cool too so there's some of the things that i've kind of been uh, vaguely involved with recently and then the other last thing i'll say before i hang this up is my newest episode of star wars comics and canon is out uh, just in case you aren't aware i do have a podcast called star wars comics and canon It is on the feed of comics in motion it comes out every saturday on comics in motion and i talk about star wars comics um i also did a book review two weeks ago on the master and apprentice book by claudia gray which is about qui-gon and one kenobi eight years before the phantom menace so that's a really really cool book and i spoke about that some of the narrative that sort of jazz as well and also the one i just released which was out yesterday uh, which was the 10th of the 10th that was the fourth and final edition of the darth vader comics so if you haven't read those or if you haven't listened to my podcast Go check that out. It's a really, really cool chat. If you aren't into reading comics, you have no interest in the comics whatsoever. You can still listen to the episodes of the podcast because I've done full biographies and character profiles. I did one about Count Dooku. I did one about Darth Maul ages ago on episode like two or something. I've done one about how Kylo Ren got a red lightsaber crystal. How C3PO got the red arm that you see in the Force Awakens and that very famous meme is about. Loads of different things, Star Wars questions and stuff I have tackled. Um, but also I use the comics as a lot of the the basis of it. So some. Of the episodes are just me generally giving a vague narrative on comics and then doing other connections too. Like the fourth volume of Vader comics that I recently finished, there was a Rancor in there, so I just spoke a little bit about Rancors, you know, the average height. There's the guy Malachili who is in Return of the Jedi, he's the Beastmaster, he's the one who cried when the Rancor died in episode six. I speak about him and what he got up to. He actually opens up a restaurant, which is quite cool. So, like, I do tackle the wider canon, you know, I try and do connections to a lot of different things in the episodes. So, if you don't want to read, the comics, you can just hear me talk about the narrative, get a bit more information, and also some of the ones that are comics that have been going on for a long period of time, I have also kept them chronologically. So, the main run of Star Wars comics and the main run of Darth Vader comics, I've been doing them once a month as well. So, there is a consistent story you can follow if you aren't interested in reading the comics yourselves anyway. And also, next week is going to be episode 30, which is going to be Tony Farina, whose name I keep saying. Uh, Tony Farina is going to be coming on, and we're going to talk about Dr. Afro so there's going to be an episode introducing dr afra for those who haven't listened to all the vader ones but also talking about her as a character and what's to come so that's all the things you can expect from me guys basically almost everything i just spoke about is on the feed of comics in motion there's a different show that releases there every day monday to sunday um you know once a week is tony farina's indie comic spotlight once a week is my show styles comics and canon and there's lots of other shows that um release either weekly or bi-weekly as well so lots of cool stuff even if you're not that into comics the great things to get spoken about on there including what's the topic which had a really really good episode about cinemas recently so i really really recommend you guys check that out too Anyway, that's it for me, guys. Thank you as always for listening to any episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening to me ramble on for so long, especially all the way to the end if you're hearing my voice here. And I just hope you guys all have a great time. I hope you have safe weeks, and uh, which I just wish you all well. You know, it's a uh, it's a weird time, all in, especially approaching Christmas and the eve of Hallow's or Halloween, as not weirdos call it. Um, but yeah, I send you all the best wishes and things, and just want to say how much I do appreciate you guys listening to my show. It means The absolute world to me. So, all of that said and done, I will talk to you guys next week.